I guess there's only one way to find out what the good doctor's been up to. How's that? I'm in. Yeah, but where? I'm Tommy Oliver. If you're not me, then something is seriously wrong. Mm -hmm. This video diary is a confidential record, only to be viewed in case of an emergency. What you're about to see is a history of my life. More dinosaur bone stories. Yawn. My history as a Power Ranger. Okay, Anyan. My story begins in Angel Grove. When five teenagers with attitude were recruited to fight the evil space sorceress, Rita Repulsa. They harnessed the power of the dinosaur to become Earth's first Power Rangers. Under the guidance of intergalactic being Zordon, Trini, Zack, Kimberly, Billy, and Jason bravely defended Earth, which forced Rita to create her own ranger. Okay, so where's Dr. Rose? Hey! Um, I'm Kimberly. You're new around here, aren't you? Yeah, I'm Tommy. What's going on? Tommy! Her evil magic was too strong. I couldn't fight it. the power sword and I was freed. Rita's spell is broken. You okay, Tommy? What's happening to me? You're no longer under Rita's power. Fight by our side and we can defeat Rita. After everything that's happened, Tommy, we need you. It's where you belong. Will you join us, Tommy? And that's when I joined the team. But not for long. We yeah. soon discovered the Green Ranger powers were only temporary. As you're aware, the Green Ranger's power was completely decimated by his last few battles. Alpha and I felt it was time to create an even more powerful Ranger to combat Lord Zed and his diabolical evil. And now, my friends, I present to you the White Ranger. Because I'm so bugging, I can't even deal. Rest in peace, Jason David Frank. Yo, Hulkamaniacs, it's Thanksgiving night, and this is the happiest time of year for all the maniacs, brother. You know, me and all my little hulksters, we got a lot of things to be thankful for. Number one, we're thankful for being happy and very healthy. We're thankful for having time to share with our loved ones. We're also thankful that Hulkamania is still the strongest force in the universe. And after the turkey's done, after the blessings are all done, I can tell you what the hulksters mostly happy about. It's Survivor Series time and i'm thankful for my team of hulkamaniacs i'm thankful because i'm rich and you're not <laughs> i'm thankful for having damien and the ddt you know what we're thankful for we don't have to fight each other 
Macho King. Ooh, yeah. I'm thankful for the privilege of living right here in the good old U.S. of A. Tough guy. I'm thankful I've got that big earthquake on my side. <laughs> what I thank you for, for Thanksgiving, for my polka dime. I'm thankful for the justice I serve. I'm thankful for wrestling, cutting, and strutting. I'm thankful for my good looks. I'm thankful for having the most ravishing body in the WWF. I'm thankful because I ate Ricky Rude. I am thankful for being the world's smartest man. I'm thankful for being absolutely perfect. Yeah, we're thankful for having Sonny stuffing in our turkey tonight! I'm thankful for spending Thanksgiving with all the members of the Heenan family. Thanks to giving every day, but especially this day, as the Warriors give me the intention to deliver the power at Survivor Series, it is going to be a war! This is It Was a Thing on TV. Punisher, control! Hey, before I change my mind! I give you Super Train. Episode 326, Submission 2407, Alan King's Thanksgiving Special. Alan King's Thanksgiving Special, titled, What Do We Have to Be Thankful For?, aired on NBC on November 25th, 1980. Well... Last year, we gave you a bonus of the 1985 All-American Thanksgiving Day Parade on CBS. But this year, for our Thanksgiving bonus, we decided to have a special presentation NBC gave us in 1980. And it comes courtesy of the Museum of Classic Chicago Television at Fuzzy Memories, who last year uploaded this video to YouTube. And it's brought to us by the great comedian, Alan King, who, in 1980, gave us this message about, well, what do we all have to be thankful for? Well, guys, I got a question. What do we have to be thankful for in Thanksgiving? Friends, family, food, shelter. We got a roof above my head. Got good friends near and far. Got to see some of them in D.C. in September. Happy about that. Have a new job. Happy about that. But most of all, I'm happy to be doing another round of Thanksgiving shows with Greg and Mike. Well, you know what I'm thankful for on Thanksgiving, guys? What's that, Mr. Wayne? Rest in peace, Kevin Conroy. You know what I'm thankful for this Thanksgiving, guys? Wings. Chicken wings? No! The show Wings. Oh, why, why, Why are you thankful for that? Well, guys, as we found out in episode 300 for the first time ever... 
I love wings. Yeah, I know. You you said as much. You you said it made Tony Shalhoub's career. That's right. And on Wewind TV right now, as we're recording this, they're airing the Wings Thanksgiving Day Marathon. That's a lot of wings. That's a lot and of wings. And that's not talking. Wings. Yeah, that's not talking about chicken. Yeah. But okay. It's 1980, America. You know, we got the hostage crisis going on. We just elected Ronald Reagan as president. So now, Alan King, he's going to tell America what we all have to be thankful for. So, let's get going here. Good evening and welcome. I'm Alan King. Tonight, my friends and I will be gathering to celebrate the most typical and distinctive of American holidays. Thanksgiving. The Democrats will be celebrating as soon as they can find something to be thankful about. (laughs) On this day, we commemorate our first settlers, the Pilgrims, who fled England to escape religious persecution. They landed on Plymouth Rock in 1620. And in that first year, they endured overwhelming hardships. Their crops failed. And when near starvation, a band of friendly Indians taught them how to plant corn, introduced them to the wild turkey, and helped them survive that first terrible winter. In return, Out of gratitude to the Indians, we took the country away from them. And you know what, guys? We're only at 48 seconds into this special. This is more historically accurate than the mouse on the Mayflower. True. You're right. At that first Thanksgiving, the Pilgrims took the opportunity to review the past year and consider the things that they had to be thankful for. Tonight in that tradition, for the next hour, we will be reviewing the past year. The election, the abscam investigation, the automobile crisis, the crisis in the Middle East, the hazards of holiday shopping, the actor strike, the television season, the economy, and other subjects to make your cranberry sauce turn rancid. (laughs) And hopefully, in an hour, we will answer this question. What have we got to be thankful for? (laughs) No. Thanksgiving special. What have we got to be thankful for? With special guest stars, Angie Dickinson, McLean Stevenson, McLean Stevenson everybody! And Dick Van Patten. Holy crap, Dick Van Patten's on this too! Did he bring his dog? No. Ladies and gentlemen, oh. Alan King! That is some setup, let me tell you. Oh, that's a great set right there. There's a fireplace right there. Because it's NBC, it's a fake fire. Yeah. Isn't this beautiful? The Republicans have only been in office three weeks, and look how good I'm living already. (laughs) 60 stories above the ground. This is what mankind is looking forward to. Total isolation, insulated from humanity. The most modern security system. In order to get up here, you gotta go through a metal detector, a security guard, a laser beam, and a Doberman pincher. <laughs> Last night, I was mugged by the window washer. <laughs> For the first six months of this year, the FBI reported crime was up 10%, and that was just in Congress. <laughs> you know, the 
Crime is up 10%, inflation's up 12%. That means the crooks are just gonna have to work harder. Man, the more things change, you know the more about? they stay Man's the same. The humanity demand, the breakdown of the moral fiber. Nobody cares about anybody anymore. We've lost our social graces. There are no more thank yous, please, sorry. I was sitting in the theater the other night. The man sitting next to me gets up to leave and steps right on my foot. Ow. He say, excuse me. Ten minutes later, he comes back and says, did I step on your foot on the way out? I said, yes, you certainly did. He said, good, then that must be my seat. <laughs> we say things to each other we really don't mean. How you doing, old buddy? You don't care. <laughs> Call me. You don't want to hear from him. How do you feel? Tell him one time. I got three days to live. He says, great. Call me next week. We'll have a drink. <laughs> Gotta bring a long straw. <laughs> and this year's favorite parting salutation. Have a nice day. <laughs> Which is what Castro said to the refugees as they were leaving for Miami. Oof. Sick burn. What is up? Let's take a look at the average American as he sets out in the morning in search of that impossible dream. A nice day. Oh. Oh, there's Dick. Got your wallet. Well, thank you. Well, don't forget to stop at the bank. I won't. Have a nice day, honey. Bye. Bye. I'm sure this day's gonna go swell for Dick. That's a beautiful animal. Oh! This is not working, Dick. Is anybody out there? No. What's the That's matter? Not... What's going on? Somebody can hear me. The elevator is stuck. Thanks. I'll take the stairs. No. <laughs> okay, thankfully he got out of the elevator. Hey, wait a minute. That's my car. Oh, no. His car got towed! Why did you let them tow my car away? I didn't want to get involved. <laughs> Do you think you can get a cab? <laughs> hey, what about what? me? Have a nice day. Oh no! The bellhop took the cab from Dick! Let's look at the past year and really see what we have to be thankful for. Okay. Well, we have a new president. Yeah, clap now. <laughs> Wait till you hear what I have to say before you applaud. Yeah. <laughs> My father told me that at times of great crisis, great men come to the fore. Where are the de Gaulle's to save France? The Churchill's to save England? Where is the eloquence of a Roosevelt? The fire of a Truman? The warmth of an Eisenhower? The wit of a Kennedy? Look at the choice they gave us. Carter 
Anderson and Reagan. <laughs> Moe, Larry, and Curly. Wait, I got a question. Between Jimmy Carter, John Anderson, and Ronald Reagan, who's Curly? That's a good I'm, I'm question. Think, I'm, I'm thinking John Anderson. Yeah, pretty much. Ronnie and Jimmy, they don't strike me as a curly type. But I think neither of the three has like a head in the shape of curly. So we got to pick one by default. So John Anderson it is. So. You know, Governor Reagan started campaigning very early. 1968. <laughs> Never has one man run so hard for so long just to avoid mandatory retirement at the age 70. You think that's long, Alan? Just wait until Joe Biden starts his run in 88. Just saying. It's, it's true. It's true. Joe Biden started running for president in 1988. Yeah. It took him 32 years, but he finally got there. Yep. 1968. <laughs> Never has one man run so hard for so long just to avoid mandatory retirement at the age 70. <laughs> While President Carter remained in the White House acting very presidential, discussing nuclear proliferation with Amy and foreign policy with Billy. <laughs> it, was, it was the most expensive campaign in the history of this country. They spent hundreds of millions of dollars telling us how they were going to save us hundreds of millions of dollars. There must you be ain't seen nothing yet, president. buddy. Every time we turn on a television, we see the candidates campaigning in ethnic neighborhoods. They're eating matzo ball and blintzes, ravioli and pizza, tamale and falafel, kielbasa. <laughs> One man shouted to Carter, what are you going to do about the people going to bed hungry every night? Carter said, I can't talk. Now I got food in my mouth. You think Eddie Mecca showed Jimmy Carter some of the great slices over in Brooklyn? Hey, President Carter, I'm going to show you all the great pizza hangouts in Brooklyn. Hey. I think that would have saved his campaign. Nah. You don't think so? Nah. All right. I tried. Carter accused Reagan of being trigger-happy and a warmonger. Reagan accused Carter of being the most inept president we've ever had. And you know what? They were both right. <laughs> oh! We were misled I was by just the about polls. to say. Gallup, Harris, Reuter, Fields. The posters all went out on a limb. They said the election was too close to call. <laughs> The polls open at 7 in the morning. 7.15, Nancy Reagan called Rosalind and said, on your way out, leave the keys under the mat. <laughs> Too close to call. You know the polls closed at 9? Jimmy Carter conceded at 7.15. He wanted to get home to see the deer hunter. Oh. <laughs> you know, the second biggest issue of the campaign was the economy. The first was trying to understand it. They dazzled you with football. Does anybody understand the economy? Last month they came out with no. the GNP, the gross national product. It was up 1%. You didn't even know it. Carter announced it showed an end to the Great Recession of 1980. Then I started thinking, it is the end of 1980. Yeah, and thank God. See, they didn't tell you that in January they were going to start the recession of 1981. <laughs> A major campaign issue was the ERA, Equal Rights for Women. You know, women were being harassed on the job. One woman was fired because she wouldn't make coffee and wash the dishes. Another woman was fired because she wouldn't grant sexual favors. 
I have the same problems at home. <laughs> Another major issue is ecology. Clean water to drink, fresh air to breathe. Is that too much to ask? Our politicians promise us everything, but nobody does anything. Toxic waste and garbage is being dumped into our lakes and rivers. Salmon are swimming upstream, holding their noses. <laughs> Oil slicks are destroying our beaches. The only way you can tell if the surface up is to use a dipstick. <laughs> there was even a water shortage in Beverly Hills. Two Perrier trucks collided. <laughs> you know, as powerful as the office of the presidency is, I don't think anybody in America believes that the president can control the elements. And that's the only thing they didn't promise us. Mr. Reagan will face enough problems, balancing the budget, Social Security, job programs, Iran, the Middle East, China, Russia, foreign trade, military spending, the oil shortage, better housing, health care, crime, busing, abortion, education, the draft, farm subsidies, and immigration. President Reagan, have a nice day. Oh! oh. Oh, we're at Congress. I don't see the Starland vocal band anywhere, though. No. In reviewing the year, one of the most bizarre events was a sting operation referred to as Abscam, in which the FBI, disguised as Arab sheiks, attempted to bribe certain members of the government in exchange for political favors. Unfortunately, the FBI was very successful. Hora! Hora! Hey, it's McLean! See you facing these grave charges leaves me saddened and stunned. I think it stinks. Hey, okay. it's Dina Dietrich! <laughs> now, before we move on, I went on Truth by Consensus Wikipedia and I researched Abscam. So let me read this off of Wikipedia, okay? Abscam was an FBI sting operation in the late 70s and early 80s that led to the convictions of seven members of Congress, among others for bribery and corruption. The two-year investigation initially targeted trafficking in stolen property and corruption of prominent businessmen, but later evolved into a public corruption investigation. The FBI was aided by the Justice Department and a convicted con man, Mel Weinberg, in videotaping politicians accepting bribes from a fictitious Arabian company in return for various political favors. More than 30 political figures were investigated, six members of the House of Representatives and one senator were convicted, one member of the New Jersey State Senate, members of the Philadelphia City Council, the mayor of Camden, New Jersey, and an inspector for the United States Immigration and Naturalization Service were also convicted. The operation was directed from the FBI's office in Hopong, New York. Hey, that's not... That's, like, not too far from me. So, who knew that this investigation was, like, 10 miles from where I lived? All right, let's continue. You stand accused of violating your sacred oath of office on charges of conflict of interest and accepting a bribe. Nowadays, that would just be a Tuesday. Look, I want to tell you something. Oh, McLean's pissed. For 12 years... My lovely wife and I have labored diligently on behalf of my constituents, and never have I violated my sacred trust. 
Well, then let's examine the photographic evidence taken oh, by the boy. FBI oh, in no. that motel room. Let's roll the videotype. Oh, that's interesting. Very interesting, Mr. Jones. <clears throat> Look, um, you tell the sheep that uh, he's got the right man for the job, but that if uh, he wants doors open, he's uh, got to pay the doorman. Sheep Mustafa can be very generous. Well, I hope so. Uh, how about it, Sheik? Care for a little bell? Oh, no, thank you, Congressman. Sheik Mustafa does not partake of liquor. It is against his religion. Oh, yeah? Well, a little taste of the sauce here, he could start a new religion. <laughs> oh! oh. <laughs> McLean Stevenson! How dare you! How dare you, uh, yeah. McLean! Uh, Mr. Jones, I'd like you to meet my lawyer. He's also my campaign manager, my fundraiser, and my brother-in-law. <laughs> Never go anywhere without him. He's also my chauffeur. <laughs> Jack of all hey, trades. is interested in making some very large purchases. Well, uh, tell him there's uh, two congressmen and a mayor for sale. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, uh, uh, Jonesy, uh, do we have to have all these lights on in here? I mean, it's getting awfully hot. Sheik Mustafa likes to keep the lights bright because he misses the blazing sun of his home. Oh, yeah? By the way, that's David T. Heyman as Mr. Jones there. Uh, what kind of investments did you want to make? Uh, real estate. He would like to buy Nevada. Oopsie-daisy, too late. Wade Newton just bought it. <laughs> <laughs> that's very good, Congressman. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you. He'll be here all week. Look, um, Josie, you're going about this in the right way. But uh, remember, when you're in Washington, that money talks and BS walks yes. and when money talks Congressman Hutton listens <laughs> Mr. Chairman I was I was playing a part I was just playing along with them a part like in a movie no you one know, believes those, this sir, those tapes are a flagrant example of entrapment now let me ask you something with terrorists and radicals and crime running rampant in the streets what in the world is the FBI doing fooling around in a motel room well, everybody fools around in motel rooms. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Look, Mr. Chairman, the, the, the voters of my district, the, the little people, they have abiding faith in me. The last time he ran for office, he was elected by a land deal. Landslide. Slide. Oh. Sorry, just trying to help. Bernard, if you are trying to help, don't help. Congressman Hutton, if you're above reproach, how do you account for your unethical behavior? Whiskey. It was the whiskey. I mean, I drank uh, uh, a full gallon of whiskey, and it was a full moon. Or was it a half gallon and a half moon? <laughs> Let's roll the video tight. <laughs> Sheik Mustafa might one day seek asylum in the United States. He's having trouble at home. Hey, who wouldn't, huh? With 37 wives? Does <laughs> 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 believe you to introduce a private bill uh, in the Congress to ensure his permanent residence in this country? Uh, can you do it? Can I do it? Can I do it? Does Billy Carter drink beer? <laughs> Look, Jonesy, just remember, though. Hutton don't work for nothing. That's right. <laughs> How much? Hundred thousand dollars? Hmm. Hmm. 
$100,000. That's the signal. Look, Jonesy, don't get in the sniff, pal. I got a lot of expense. I mean, there's a lot of overhead. I, I gotta, I gotta, uh, I gotta sit down and draft the bill. Uh, there's, there's typing, there's paper, there's ribbon, there's carbon, and there is also the fact that I like to do my typing in Monte Carlo. <laughs> oh, McLean is just hammered. Congressman, you wanted yeah. to sell your office to bring a sheik into this country. Well, Congressman Smith, you can hardly expect a sheik to come into this country on a, on a fishing boat from Cuba. I, I told him to join a ballet company and then defect. <laughs> did you or did you not take the money? I did not. Then how on a congressman's pay could you afford a house in Silver Springs? A condominium in Florida. And a ski lodge in Vail. I got lucky in a pyramid club. <laughs> oh, gosh. And now for the actual commission of the crime. Roll the videotape. And uh, may I have the envelope, please? There's the envelope. There's $100,000 in that envelope. Now, look, we were just having a few laughs. Sheik Mustafa, he, he loves Johnny Carson. And, and uh, Dolly Parton, Chuck Barris, Richard Nixon. And the question is... Name the four biggest boobs. <laughs> oh, no. Add Congressman Hutton's name to that list. Roll that type. And uh, may I have the envelope, please? Oh, he dropped the cash. You don't never drop the cash, man. Conclusive proof that you took a bribe. Congressman Hutton, will you please step forward? Hello? Legs are us. You My are friend McLean needs something to, to stand Congress on. Of the United States, you are guilty of bribery and conspiracy. Guilt. Oh, he ripped. Whoa. Whoa. For the money? I have malfeasance and all. Oh. No. He's been ripping us off on this oil deal, and I thought it only patriotic to get some of that money back. Of high crimes and misdemeanors. <laughs> oh. Conduct my own investigation with that money of, of corruption in high places in government. He should have gone to Meyer and Frank or something. There's one more order of business. Congressman Hutton, having been overwhelmingly re-elected by the voters of your district, do you solemnly swear to... Put it down. Do you solemnly swear to defend and support the Constitution? Oh, he's getting sworn in again. Yep. Oh. <laughs> you think McLean would have a better suit that didn't rip apart so easily? Come on, you saw how the McLean Stevenson show did. Guys, we're 19 minutes in. Is this really what we have to be thankful for? No. This is horrible. This is terrible. Why are we thankful for this? We haven't gotten to the terrible part yet, have we? Oh, look, Dick Van Patten's back. 
interesting. <laughs> Discussing the turkeys of the year. One turkey remains constant. The conflict in the Middle East. Now, I know you're all confused about what's happening there. So tonight is a public service. I'd like to explain it to you. We are looking at a tinderbox. We are looking at the most troublesome spot in the world. And what the problem is, basically, it's tribal and feudal hostility. Right now, Iraq and Iran are at each other's throats. And the Middle East is choosing up sides. Now remember, folks, it all started in 1980, Iraq and Iran were I know you've all read that the Shah like rivals. Exile, the young Pahlavi declared himself the new Shah of Iran. The great acclaim. His mother applauded. <laughs> when the Shah fled, he was replaced by Bakhtiar, who was immediately replaced by Banisar. Now, Iran is being ruled by the Ayatollah Khomeini, who during the Shah's reign lived in Paris. Some people say that the Ayatollah has a few strands missing from his flying carpet. <laughs> now, how sane can be when you leave Paris to live here? <laughs> now, Iraq is being run by Saddam Hussein. Boom! Uh, American was voted the man most likely to invade Iran. <laughs> Aligned with Iraq is Saudi Arabia, ruled by the King Khalid of the House of Saud. Now, Saudi Not Arabia, to be with DJ Iraq, Khalid. State, swallowed their differences and banded together to form an informal power block. Now, Jordan, who was ruled by King Hussein, not to be confused with Saddam Hussein, see, now, Jordan is aligned with Saudi Arabia. Jordan had to align with Saudi Arabia because Saudi Arabia holds the mortgage on Jordan. I... Yeah, Middle Eastern politics Shiri in 1980. It was weird. Not to be confused with Bakhtiar or the Banisar. <laughs> Although serious sympathy lie with Iran, they can't get involved because they're very busy keeping the peace in Lebanon. And they're doing a terrific job. Lebanon is in pieces. <laughs> Lebanon is run by this man, Danny Thomas. Oh! No! Not the star of I'm a big girl now! Well, 1980, bad year for Danny Thomas, I guess. He had to deal with all the messes in the Middle East, and then he had to deal with Diana Canova. It's actually funnier than anything that's happened on this stupid show thus far. Not to be confused with the King Khaled, although they share the same nose. Jeez. We'll get to Israel in a minute, which is what they'd all like to do. Oh, no. Israel and Egypt, in the Camp David Discords, signed a peace treaty. Egypt is run by Anwar Sadat, not to be confused with Saddam or Hassan. Spoiler alert, the next year's not going to go well for him. Just saying. Israel is run by Menachem Begin, who now calls himself Menachem Reagan. Not to be confused with Menachem Golan, the film producer. 
he was responsible for another disaster. Superman 4. And the Masters of the Universe movie, Chico. Which Make that two disasters. Make that two disasters in 87. started with Iran. Accused Iraq of fomenting unrest among the predominantly Arab population of Iran's oil-rich Khuzestan province. Iran then called upon Iraq Shiite Muslims to overthrow the Saddam government, which is dominated by Sunni Muslims. Are you writing all this down? I didn't know I was supposed to take notes. You got Iraq being supported by Jordan, Saudi Arabia. Now you have Bahrain, Qatar, and Abu Dhabi. Not to be confused with Addis Ababa, Abu Ibn, or the ever-popular Abu Dhabi honeymoon. <laughs> Let's not forget the tiny nation of Kuwait. 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 All they're interested in is pumping oil. They have to get their oil through the Straits of Hormuz, which is controlled by Oman, which is ruled by the Sultan Qaboos. What the hell is he dressed up for? Oh, jeez. Oh, mom's got 11 people in a goat. <laughs> Oman is not free from conflict. You see, they got a little problem down here. They're being threatened by South Yemen, which happens to be north of Yemen. <laughs> Yemen is very famous as the fashion center of the Middle East. They make all the designer clothes for Yasser Arafat. Oh, God. be confused with Ringo Starr. <laughs> Arafat has promised not to shave until the Saints win the Super Bowl. Well, wait another wait 28 for it. years. On the side of Iraq is another great Arab nation, Russia. No, no. bombing Iraq for 20 years. Now, it stands to reason Syria, which hates Iraq's guts, also made an arms pact with Russia. Now, Russia, in the spirit of Muslim Brotherhood, invaded Afghanistan and threatened Pakistan. Now, the Pentagon, moving swiftly, counteracted this massive deployment of Russian troops by sending four airplanes to Saudi Arabia with hearing devices. So now we can hear how bad we're doing there. Now, who's on the side of rich little Iran? Not rich little, no. We have Libya, Libya, which is run by Colonel Gaddafi, and they gotta throw a net on this guy. Boo, Gaddafi! Gaddafi makes the Ayatollah look like Donny Osmond. <laughs> Damn. Damn! This whole situation is available in the game by Parker Brothers. Now, this is the stage. These are the cast of players. You put music to this, we'd have a hell of a hit. The Middle East Side Story. A one, two. We got Saudi Arabia, Iraq, and Iran. Libya, Algeria, Qatar, and Oman. South Yemen, which is north. Yemen, which is south. We don't leave Syria or Lebanon out. Morocco, Jordan, Egypt, too. And the little Dubai and the Abu Dhabi There's King Hassan and the two Their names, they'll be changing soon on the Abu Dhabi.
This guy's not doing anything for your case, Greg. No. Oh, so we're going shopping now. All right. Days, the most dangerous and frightening place in America will not be the city streets, but right here in the department store. Here it is Thanksgiving, and already people are doing their Christmas shopping. It's important that you do your Christmas shopping early if you want to get out of the hospital for the holidays. Follow me. At this time of the year, Papa stores are filled with good cheer, goodwill, and 150 extra security guards. As in all battles, the lines are sharply drawn. The customers don't trust the store, and the store doesn't trust the customers. Hey, look, it's Angie Dickinson. Oh, no. She tried to steal that sweater. Trying to steal another oh, sweater. Oh no, Dick! Oh no. Well, it's a nice sweater. It is. Oh, that's a nice, that's a nice jacket. Yeah. Oh, look how wonderful Dick looks. I think it would fit my husband. Stop Oh no. Oh no. They think Dick stole that. Is this your jacket? No. Is this your wallet? No, but come with me. Oh no, please let me explain. Now I, I was just here looking for jackets, and this woman came up to me and asked. What woman? Oh, she just uh, left. No. Oh. Hey, you're tearing my jacket. Well, pull your hands off of me, or I'll run you in too. Give me my coat. This is evidence. Evidence is not a torn jacket. Dick's like, what did I get myself into? He's gonna get himself out of it. That's what he's gonna do. Yeah. Oh no, not the dog! Oh, not this guy! Oh, not this dog again! Are you Mr. Strauss? Yes. Oh, I bought a set of your Windsor china a few months ago, and I broke one of the cups. I'd like to replace it. Well, let me see. Oh, yes, I think we can help you. Oh, I'm so relieved. How much is the cup? That's one twenty-nine fifty. Just for the cup. But that includes the matching saucer. Oh, I don't need the saucer. I just want the cup. See, I, I have the saucer. Well, I'd like to help you, but we can't sell you the cup without the saucer. It's a set. But I already have the saucer. Lady, that is the store policy. May I see the head of the department? I am the head of the department. If okay, I Karen. If I sell you the cup, I am stuck with the saucer. If I buy the set, 
I am stuck with an extra saucer. What do I want with an extra saucer? Why don't you buy a kitten and let her drink milk from it? I'm going to report you to the president of this store. Well, zippity doo dah. Report me to the president. Big deal. Next year, when we have our annual boat ride, he won't let me steer. Look, lady, why don't you just wait? And when you break the saucer, then get the whole set. Ow! Okay. I'll take the set. You did that, didn't you? By the way, that was Paul Keith, who has been most remembered as Xanthar Gamma 3 from that one episode of Starman Greg. Oh, neat! I just wanted to say Xanthar Gamma 3. My what? The Morris Company, your MoCo card. Oh, I'll just pay cash. Well, we take Bank AmeriCard, CityCore, Lloyd's, Master Charge Card, um, Lodge, I'll Miners pay Club, cash. American Express, CIT, and the Bank of Hong Kong. My husband doesn't believe in credit cards. I'll just pay cash. How much do I owe you? Uh, $78.80. Thank you. Oh, a $100 bill. Do you have anything smaller? Yes, I have a Susan B. Anthony dollar. And a Mexican centennial coin with a picture of Ricardo Montalban. May I please have my change? Change! Uh, would you put your name and address on this bill? All right, that's Elvia Allman right I there. She's from Ennickville, North Carolina. I would like to pay for it with my She's a librarian in breakfast. Oh, a high school oh, okay. graduate. Cool. Would you be interested in a part-time job? May I have my change? Oh, change. Change. So just give her a damn change. Change. Uh, uh, to the ladies' room. Would it help any if I paid by personal check? Yes. Uh, do you have any identification? My driver's license. <clears throat> it doesn't look like you. It did when I came in here. <laughs> do you have any other form of identification? Yes, I have a mole on my left... Madam, please. Ooh. What other forms of identification do you accept? We accept Bank AmeriCard, CityCard, Lloyd's... Oh, Bastard God, Charge, not this Flash, again. Diners Club, American Express... We just went CIA through this! The Bank of Hong Kong. There's an old saying, God serves those who wait. Only God doesn't work in this store. 98? 98? 99? Is my package ready? I've been waiting more than an hour. Did you take a number? Yes. Here. 3K22494. That's my parking ticket. Here. 99, you're next. How do you want your packages? Do you want it wrapped in a bag or do you want it gift wrapped? Gift wrapped. Uh, do you want a Thanksgiving or Christmas wrap? Well, it was intended to be a Christmas gift, but at the rate we're going, it'll be for Washington's birthday. Well, if you can't wait, we can send it rapid delivery. You'll have it two weeks from Thursday. I'll wait. Would you please Christmas wrap it? I'd be happy to. Thank you. Now, we have two kinds of wrappings. We have Santa's little helpers, or we have Rudolph, the red news. Would you just wrap my package? You could also have a sprig of holly, a wreath, thistle, acorns, berries, for this woman, there's only 26 feet between the front door and a nervous breakdown. If she can make it out that door, she's a free woman. Excuse me. Yes, sir. Uh, did you buy that here? Oh, yes. Do you have a receipt? Uh, did we, I think the woman who uh, wrapped it must have put it inside the box. I'll have to open it. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. 
Oh, oh no. Oh no. Uh oh. Uh oh. That woman the just woman beat up a security beat guard. Up yeah. And now she's beating up Alan. You know what? Alan King's got the right idea. I think we should take a break. Yeah. Let's uh, enjoy some 1980 commercials right now, and we'll come back with the final 15 minutes of the special right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Football 2 from Mattel Electronics. I said who's in there. Hey, Mattel, I know who's in there. You wish, Franco. Look at Football 2's quarterback. Ever seen a better scrambler? A better passer? That's a Bradshaw in there. Looks like a Bradshaw getting sacked to me. And intercepted. I guess that's why they painted it mean Joe Green. Football 2 plays so great, you think, is in there from Mattel Electronics. We're doing our share with value everywhere. The more you know about value, the more you like about Ralph's. Clip yourself some real savings in Ralph's big newspaper ad. Double value coupons. They make a manufacturer's 50 cent coupon worth a dollar when you buy the item at Ralph's. The more you know about value, the more you like about Ralph. Wednesday is an all-new Facts of Life when Arnold visits the girls. You mean I could get study money for college? Me, me too. too. And me? Yes, you. It's time to apply yourself. You mean me? And me? Dr. J. Dr. J. Dr. J. Dr. J. Dr. J. has changed his nickname to Dr. Chapstick. Chapstick lip balm is serious medicine. It helps heal chapped lips and helps keep them from chapping in the first place. Dr. J. Dr. Chapstick to you. <laughs> Chapstick has emollients to protect against the wind and cold. Even has a sunscreen. Hey, buddy. Have a Chapstick. Hey, thanks, Dr. Chapstick. She won your hearts in Little House on the Prairie. She stunned you with The Miracle Worker. Melissa Gilbert stars in an all-new production of The Diary of Anne Frank. I don't want you ever to go beyond that door. Never? Never. She wrote of the horrors of the Holocaust and the pain of growing up. I know quite well I'm not a beauty. I think you're pretty. An unforgettable story of courage and hope. The Diary of Anne Frank. Monday night at 9 after Little House. All right, hope you enjoyed those 1980 commercials. Now, let's go with the last 15 minutes. Television sets in one room, the American dream. Do you know what's I'm loving it. Yeah. Our kids spend six hours in school and eight hours in front of the TV set. And we want to know why nobody gets involved. We become a nation of spectators. TV, junk food for the mind. Frank Lloyd Wright called it chewing gum for the eyes. <laughs> TV is called a medium because it's rare when it's well done. <laughs> it tells us what to eat, what to wear, what to think. It's only fitting that we elected an actor for president. <laughs> you know that more people in this country were concerned about who shot J.R. than who shot Vernon Jordan? 
Yes. Another crisis we faced this year was the actor strike. How dare 18,000 out-of-work actors disrupt the viewing habits of 200 million people? The issues were clear. The battle lines were drawn. The networks would not capitulate. The president said, let him eat reruns. <laughs> now, see, now you were given another chance to see how lousy the shows were the first time. <laughs> you know, the networks found a way out. If they couldn't use real actors, why not use real people? And a new concept was born. Reality programming. Speak of oh, no. games yep. people play. That's incredible. Real people from the heartlands of America. My favorite is those amazing... And actors. it persists to this day. Yes. Tap dancing bees. A parrot that speaks Yiddish. You know what an amazing animal is? A dog that goes on the paper. There were TV movies, two-parters, three-parters, novels for television. They all starred Lee Remick. They covered every sickness known to man. The networks found out the sicker the show, the healthier the ratings. We saw shows on anorexia nervosa, aplastic anemia. This season they're doing the George Brett story. It's called He Could Hit, But He Couldn't Sit. Now, remember, folks, in 1980... During the World Series, George Brett had a, uh, how do I say this? He had a little incident with hemorrhoids. He needed a tube of Preparation H. Yeah. But you know, no discussion of television would be complete without our annual look at the past season's programming. Okay. Sweet. Okay, okay oh. guys. Guys. I know we've sat through 38 minutes of this, but this answers the question. What do we have to be thankful for? What are we thankful for on every episode? Things on TV. Yes, but besides that... When we look at the schedule. Oh, of course. The look at the schedule. Yes. Alan is going to look at the 1979-80 schedule. And he's going to run down the entire season for us. Now pay attention because some of these will be things on TV in the future. But these are things on TV in the past we've talked about. So let's take a look. Let's take a look. There it is, gang. This is the 79-80 season, last year. And here's the way the geniuses at the networks did it. NBC, prime on Sunday, was taken off the air. And then they took a man called Sloan off the air. That was with Robert Conrad. Remember he kept daring everybody to knock the battery off his shoulder? NBC accepted the challenge to knock the show off his shoulder. <laughs> then they took primetime Sunday, and they put it in as primetime Saturday. Now, Primetime Sunday was replaced by Skag. Skag. Now, Skag was a show about an overage, underpaid steelworker who had bypass surgery. He came out of intensive care to find out that his 14-year-old overweight daughter was pregnant. Now, just to give it one more shot, Carl Morden, Carl Morden finds out that his wife was having an affair with his best friend right under his nose. They could have had an affair in his nose. <laughs> CBS didn't change a thing 
on Sunday night. They keep this up, they're gonna louse up this whole bit. Now, ABC took Mark and Mindy. It wasn't doing well against Archie, Archie Bunker, because they're more oh. bigots watching TV than Marshalls. Oh. They took Mark and Mindy and they put it over here where it was originally, and it was a hit. Now, ABC had a show called 240 Robin. 240. Went off at 245. Rips it off. They took Laverne and Shirley and they put it over here. Now, they had a show called The Associate. It was about a 91-year-old lawyer, Wolfman Hyde White, and they couldn't understand why young people wouldn't tune in. They got rid of that. Then they took Penn Speed and Brown's shoe and they put it over there. This was a story about a black detective and a white detective. The first two weeks it was on, it had a tremendous rating. So ABC decided to preempt it. And they preempted it and they preempted it. Pre Never seen again. Now, True story. Yes. True go story. Back, go back to Ten Speed and Brown shoe. That happened. The first two weeks did great. And then they kept preempting it. And preempting it. And preempting it. It's all true. But it did make Jeff Goldblum's career, so. It did. It made Jeff Goldblum's career like wings me. Tony Shalhoub's career. The White Shadow. Over here, they took this out. Right? Yeah. And Off Mondays. took California Fever, which got the worst reviews I ever read. And it's the first time in the history of television that they ever took a show off the air because it was really bad. Now, <laughs> they put the White Shadow in here. They took WKRP in Cincinnati and they put it right over here. Now, as a last resort, they took the last resort and they put it over here. <laughs> right. <laughs> then they took house calls and they put it in right over there. Now, if you remember, Wayne Rogers used to be Trapper John on MASH. But what happened is that Trapper John started private practice on Sunday night without Wayne Rogers. Trapper John is now Adam Cartwright from Bonanza, and the old man is selling dog food. You got that? Now, All true. Yes. Wayne Rogers, in this show, is a doctor with Lynn Redgrave, and everybody knows it's Vanessa Redgrave who needs the doctor. Now, they took Angie from Hi they put it right in here. Then what they did is they took two good time girls and they put it over here. Then they took the Monday Night Football, not to be confused with Monday Night Football on Sunday, not to be confused with Monday Night Football on Thursday, and they kicked it out. Now what happened? They took well, they had to. I mean, the season was over. Stone. They put it over yeah. here. No, they didn't. They put it on the floor. Where it belongs. They put it over here. And they put it over here, but they didn't like that. So what they did is they made a switch. They put it right over here, and they put it over there. They thought more people could identify with a stone family. Now, NBC. NBC took out the Tuesday night of the movies. Okay. And they put in the big show. The big show. And United States. The big show was 90 minutes. United States just seemed like 90 minutes. <laughs> now, they took Kate Colombo. In the last episode, Kate posed as a lady of the street. She found out she did better on the streets than she said on television. That was it. No. Oh, no. Not Kate Mulgrew. Over there. Then I shied. You shied. We shied. Everybody shied away from this show. Now, NBC took Tuesday night at the movies, and they put it in on Friday night. Friday. <laughs> I don't know either. CBS. Not to be outdone, took the CBS Tuesday Night Movies. They took Big Seamus, Little Seamus. It was a crying Seamus. They got rid of that. And they took Paris. Everybody loved Paris in the springtime, but not on Saturday night. They no. got the whole city. And they put the show right in over here. So now you got to understand. We had a Sunday night movie and a Monday night movie and a Tuesday night movie. We had a Wednesday night movie. We had a Thursday night movie and a Friday night movie. Saturday night, we didn't have any movies, so you can go out and watch a movie. <laughs> the Lazarus Syndrome which was a story about a black doctor and a white doctor, and they buried it. That's one Lazarus not rising from the dead. 
its place. They took heart to heart. They put heart to heart right over there. Okay. Because they wanted it close to Charlie's Angel. Robert Wagner wanted to be close to his money. <laughs> they got rid of from here to eternity, which was the horrors of war, and they put on the best of Saturday night, which also included the worst of Saturday night on Wednesday. Oh, yeah, they did have the best of Saturday night live at this now, time. Struck by lightning or struck by ratings? They moved in the young Maverick, which didn't get a chance to get old. They got rid of that quick. Young Maverick. And they replaced it with Beyond Westworld. There you go, Chico. And it was Beyond Hope, so they got rid of it. Oh. <laughs> there you go. It's true. Now, they took away 5-0. After 15 years, Jack Lord's face finally dropped. <laughs> Barnaby Jones, and they put Barnaby Jones. Barnaby Jones is there. And they came up with a new show, Knots Landing, which was Dallas in Southern California. <laughs> It's true. Yes. And they moved it to Los Angeles. And nobody noticed. <laughs> they got rid of Shirley because she wasn't funny without Laverne. And then they put in Sanford, Sanford and the Facts of Life. Now, the Facts of Life is Sanford wasn't funny without his son. Would you believe that anybody would ever miss Damond Wilson? Yeah, I can't believe that either. Who would have thought we'd miss Damond Wilson? Well, oh, and by the way, not to spoil it, but the facts of life. We'll be talking about that soon. Sanford was replaced by Boomer. And that didn't work. Boomer. So replaced it with... Here's Boomer. Here's Boomer. <laughs> Fantasy Island moved here. So the Saturday. Tattoo could reach it. Makes sense. The Fantasy Island was replaced by Bad Cats, which was Bad Cast. Now, working stiff got unemployed, Bad News Bear got the bad news, the Ropers hung himself in the pick that's going fail. The Ropers hung himself. Whoa! Now, Alan, that's harsh. And they were replaced Walton's were replaced by... Palmertown, USA. Which is a story about a black kid and a white kid. Not to be confused with the Lazarus in them about a black doctor and a white doctor. And, of course, not to be confused with 10-speed and brown shoe about a black detective and a white detective, or the white shadow, which is about a black basketball team with a white coach, or Vincent, a black servant with a white governor, or the Jeffersons, a black show with white writers, or... <laughs> My favorite, different strokes, a black kid with a white father. <laughs> and you people are still trying to fight busing. <laughs> now, there's been a little problem with the 1981 season because of the actor strike. And they finally settled it. They convinced Ed Osner to come back to work. <laughs> now, let's take a look at the new season. Oh, magic. magic. How'd that happen? Editing, Chico. The new season. Oh. And look what NBC below that's incredible. Look, Sheriff Lobo. And you know what, guys? I miss Sheriff Lobo. I miss Sheriff Lobo. Looks like it's going to be a very good year. Let's see what I think they're going to cancel. Well, basically everything. Oh, did he get his car back? 
I think... Oh, dick. After having nearly... Having... Gotten arrested. Do Say, dodged Alex, being arrested. Well, the motor went out on me. I can't get the darn thing started. Huh. Tell you what, I think I see your trouble. You mind if I uh, give it a try? Oh, I'd really appreciate it. No problem. That would be Eugene Daniel. Last time we saw him was in Down Periscope with, uh... Kelsey Grammer. Is there any yeah. way I can repay you for your help? I'll take your car. Oh, no! He's going to rob his car. Have a nice day. You son of a bitch. You jackass! And it gets worse. Yeah. And and look, look that's is, the show graphic. No, it's gonna be the alternate art. Okay. Dear Lord, we thank you for the food we are about to receive. I just wish it was on every hungry person's plate tonight. There are those who say you cannot hear my prayer, so I'll talk loud. There's a couple of favors I'd like to ask you. Nothing for me. Please, no more fights for Muhammad Ali. I'd like to remember him the way he was. No more Elvis Presley impersonators. I'd like to remember him the way he was. Will you see if you can talk Norman Lear into bringing back Edith Bunker? We need all the good people we can get. And while you're at it, in the true spirit of our Pilgrim Fathers. Maybe you can convince this nation of immigrants and sons of immigrants to open their hearts to new immigrants. It is inscribed on the Lady of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. There's nothing there that says, this offer expired in 1979. Please help guide our new president and smile upon our old one. If you want to laugh a little bit, that's okay. <laughs> Bless all the people who are watching the show. Bless all the people who are watching CBS and ABC. You've already blessed all the people that are not watching. <laughs> and if I can ask an old favor that you granted us once before, See if you can get the Ayatollah to let our people go. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Well, it would take another two months, but yeah. So, I gotta say, I am very thankful on this Thanksgiving. For being with you guys. And you know what? I learned a lot this Thanksgiving. For example, if you're Dick Van Patten, you should be very thankful that in six years, you're going to have a much better Thanksgiving on a foot with a dog. And an animatronic dog that can, like, <laughs> unfurl that sign <laughs> that says, Happy Thanksgiving, America. So, yeah, in closing... 
I'm thankful for being with you guys. And, well, what is it now? Three years we've been doing this podcast? Three and a half, but who's Man. counting? No, no, no. Just a little bit over three. Like three, three year- uh, years. And a, about like three years in a month. Yeah, three years in a month. Okay. Oh, Chico's doing the silent prayer. What are you praying for, Chico, this Thanksgiving? I say it every year. And all I can say is, no matter what happens over the last year, we're all still here. And if for nothing else, we should be thankful for that. Yes. So in closing, we're thankful for giving you this thing on TV. And that is what we are thankful for. So that's going to do it for this episode. And remember, you can go to our website, itwasathingontv.com, where you can listen to all the previous 325 episodes prior to this, including all our minisodes or our live shows. Hey, wait a minute, guys. We do have one special live show coming up later this week. And, well, this came courtesy thanks to Young Rock. And this has been talked about in the latest season of Young Rock. Chico, the Goonies, were they good enough for you? For me? Yeah. They're good. Yeah. They're good enough. They're good enough for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mike, are the Goonies good enough for you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, until then, when we have that live show for you, I'm Greg, that was Mike, and that was Chico. We hope you have a good rest of your Thanksgiving, and we'll see you back here with more things on... Hold on a second. What was that? Hold on. Somebody here has to say something. Hold on a second. Hey, Mike and Chico, it's me, John Wayne. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. (laughs) Pilgrims. Thank you, John. Chico, you can do the raw for me. One of the discussions that will be talked about in the next episode of It Was a Thing on TV. I still don't understand why you brought me here today. Well, honey, you're older now, and Mama thinks it's time to show you something very, very special. Ta-da! Wow, look at all these names. These must be the names of people who donated money to keep the park beautiful. Mm, Not exactly. Then these must be the thousand points of light. No, Missy. These 20,000 names are the women who slept with Will Chamberlain. monument to that? Honey, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You see that name up there? Mom! That's right! (laughs) Mom, that's great! You never cease to amaze me. Well, honey, you know one of these days maybe you'll get lucky and you'll meet Will and then your name will be on the wall of fame. Well, thanks all the same, but uh, I've already been there, homie. You don't have to tell me why they call him the still. <laughs> oh, girl. Oh, I guess my little girl's a full-grown skeezer. 